Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Uh, if you saw the description of this, I guess that's where we'll start with my uh, my notes here. Fun trading. Um, it's fun that the Flyers are doing well, and someone tweeted me and said it's just a different feeling. Um, while yeah, we were all kind of in the lose for Hughes. Um, we were all kind of in that mindset, like you threw away the first half. So what's the point of this second half? Just get yourself as high as a you know draft pick as possible. I will say there's something to you know, and you can make all the uh, the pressures off this and that. But there's something to this team coming together now. Uh, of course, it all starts with Carter Hart. That's where you have to begin. This team was just getting the absolute worst possible goaltending imaginable, and now that they're not. Um, they win games and they've, you know, they, leading into the, they mentioned this on the broadcast leading into the break. It seemed like it was just kind of Carter Hart and the team getting lucky, but especially in the third period tonight, man, they looked like a real team. And that's where the fun trading thing comes in is I'm having fun watching this team right now. And a lot of it, it's, it's a lot of it. Most of it is Carter Hart, but it's a lot of the young guys coming into their own Sanheim establishing himself, Limblom establishing himself, Nolan Patrick showing some signs of life. Vorobiev getting a shot in a, in a position where it didn't look like they wanted to play him earlier in the season. Just a number of these guys um, stepping up. Provorov, my God, we'll get to Provorov at some point tonight, but I really, really enjoyed watching him. Uh, and, you know, guys like JVR finally healthy and clicking and has some chemistry with his line mates. And uh, Jake Voracek looking I, I want to get to that Voracek line, too, because I like them. But let's start with my notes here. Um, yeah, the, the glimpse of what could have been, I guess, is where I'll start. Because the fun trading thing, it's this team could have been uh, good. And I expected them to be good. I expected them to be a 100-point team. I expected them to challenge for a division. I expected them to win a playoff round this year. Those are my expectations coming into this year. And, man, did they let me down. But when you look at what they had going tonight, uh, for a team that looked like it had no depth for most of the year to this point, and you look at that third period, and it's exactly what I expected. You have Nolan Patrick centering a third line that's winning shifts with six or seven minutes left in the game. Just they nothing crazy, but they're down low, dominating the way they should be. And a, a trio of of Patrick, Simmons, and Lawton should be able to get in on the forecheck and make things happen. And they're just they down low, possessing the puck, protecting a lead, doing what they're supposed to do. And that's what you expect out of a team with depth. They didn't have it a lot of this year, but they have it right now, and it's good. Um, keep it at one. That was my hope as soon as uh, Winnipeg pulled the goalie. Um, Winnipeg came in. The Jets came in averaging 3.46 goals a game, sixth behind Tampa, Calgary, San Jose, Toronto, and Pittsburgh. This was a very strong effort out of Carter Hart and the team defense tonight. I was happy to see that. And, again, it's just things we kind of expected all year and didn't – it just didn't, for whatever reason, click early. There was just a number of things holding this team back. Um, I – I, we can blame some injuries, and I do think they played a part. We can blame the lack of goaltending. We can blame the coach. But I think if there's more than that, guys just didn't fully uh, step up and play to their abilities, and they are where they are now. But uh, TK ends with two points. But early in the first, like halfway through the first, I was thinking he'll mature one day, but I see what drives coaches crazy about him. He made a pass back into traffic in the defensive zone, attempting to break out. 
Uh, and it was just one of those shake-your-head plays at Travis Konechny. He's not 22 yet, and you see the potential. Uh, you see it. The playmaking's there. The skating's there. It's just like he's got to limit the boneheaded stuff because he could be a really good player. And right now I do believe the positives outweigh the negatives, but whew, if he ever cuts that stuff out, man, he could be a force. Um yeah, t- weird start, and man, Carter Hart is exactly what they needed just in terms of someone to keep them in games. I think they only had like two shots about seven minutes into the game, and they come back and have the rest of the game that they did. My God, is Carter Hart a breath of fresh air. Uh, I wanted to check the misses and blocks. The Patrick penalties, no big deal. AMAC had a uh, well above AMAC level game, I'll give him. He's, they showed highlights of the last time they played Winnipeg. Nashville, if you're watching. Andrew McDonald, Winnipeg killer. That could put you over the top in a playoff series. Just saying. Uh, Proverall of one of his more noticeably strong games, especially with the puck on his stick. Love to see it. That's where I want to start with his TOI. Uh, let's see here. He ended with 28 minutes and three seconds. Uh, you know, Christian Folan comes in for Ghost as a late scratch, only plays nine minutes, so they're going to have to lean on somebody. And it's 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 the guy Ivan Provorov who's had a disappointing season at this point. But man, if this is who he is, that's who we need him to be. Um, they said they cut his ice time a little in the third. Let's see how it all ended up. Uh, yeah, ten thirty three in the first, ten thirty six in the second. Only only six fifty four in the third. So yeah, hell of a game for Provy. Uh, and that's where and the beautiful the JVR and TK goal. I said. Uh, like they very badly because we've seen this before nursing a lead nursing a lead they don't get the insurance goal comes back to bite them they get it tonight and uh, they hold them to just one so that's all my thoughts on the game let's get to your stuff um so two things to say how about that freaking give and go between jvr and tk it was beautiful second carter effing heart i held off calling him the real deal but yeah he is and hey i have no idea how Hart's career is going to go after this but for a guy with the potential he has, for the guy with the hype he has to come in and play this well right now, if there's anyone looking out for us out there in, 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 in the universe, you know, in the hockey gods, whatever, he's got to be it. Like, if Carter Hart's not the real deal, what is? Who is? What, if they didn't find their goalie in him, they're just never going to. They're just never going to. Uh, yeah, Hart, everyone talking up Hart. Carter Hart is the real deal. It's just refreshing to know we finally found our goalie for the next decade. Hmm. Hopefully, man. Yeah, the, that's my thoughts exactly. Um, about someone said I wanted the crapo for Kaka or crapo for Kako, I guess, lose for Hughes, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, I, I still would love, you know, a, a top pick. It's not probably going to be one of the top two now. But, I mean, they could lose every game for the rest of the season. It's the freaking Flyers. Anything's possible. Um, but if, if, it, if they start winning games and take themselves out of that high draft position because we get sustained strong play out of the guys we need it from, Ivan Provorov, Nolan Patrick, Travis Konechny, Oscar Lindblom, everyone I mentioned at the top, um, uh, Carter Hart, especially Jesus, Carter Hart, Carter Hart. How many times can we say it? It's not the worst thing in the world. I know we want a dynamic guy and they need more up front. Uh, don't get me wrong. They need more up front. Absolutely. Uh, they need, they have holes. This team is not a complete team yet, but what can you say? <laughs> if these guys get a 
it's not the worst thing in the world because at least we have a base. Now, that said, we said the same thing last year. Hey, okay, we, we know what this base is, and then they come out flat to start this season, and they are where they are. So, fun straighting, man. We don't know what this team's going to look like, but as of this very moment, I am at least optimistic about the near future. Provy's effort tonight reminds me of that game against the Blues in 2017 where he played like 30 minutes. Yeah, he had like, I don't even remember the number, but some absurd number of blocked shots. And it was one of those games where it's like, oh, yeah, the Blues thoroughly outplayed the Flyers. But we had, uh, you know, hate to use the standing on his head term for a non-goalie, but we had Ivan Provorov just out there doing everything imaginable in the defensive zone. And uh, not that kind of effort. I, I'm Effort by, uh, like, he wasn't that effective, I would say, in, in his own zone tonight like that game. But, yeah, the idea that he went out and played 30 minutes and gave his team a real chance, like so encouraging to see out of Provorov tonight. Moral of the story, the Flyers should always call up their star prospect a few games into the season. That magically makes them carry the rest of the team. Yeah, I mean, if you think back, and maybe this is what you're referring to, John, the, um, the ghost call-up in 2015-16, I mean – that put them in the playoffs. It was Braden Shen and Shane Gostaspare carrying a team to the playoffs. Do you give Gordon credit for this? Uh, seems like they are doing some... <sighs> Do I give Gordon credit for this? Somewhat because you're getting what you expected out of guys, and he seems to be empowering players to get through their stretches of bad play and... Uh, maybe he handles everyone a little differently. To hear the players talk, it is very much um, at least somewhat a credit to Gordon, his communication with them. I do think Dave Haxtell, not even him, like I, I can't even blame him all the way, but just the feeling in the organization, surround, not even in, just surrounding the organization was like, how much longer does this guy really have? And just a black cloud. And as the season went on and they were just sucking, like you had to know the other shoe was going to drop and he was going to be fired. So I think the players are just kind of refreshed. Um, I have to give Gordon some credit. Absolutely. But also like, you know, Carter Hart stopping the puck. That's the biggest out of everything. There are a lot of differences. The penalty kill is definitely, finally, I would call it visually better. Uh, they're just way better in the neutral zone. The amount of exits and transitions that the Flyers denied tonight was incredible. Uh, that's what I wanted to put the Limblom Couturier Voracek line. Um, just so good denying transitions tonight. And the, uh, a line maybe not necessarily known for its defense, Jeru's the centerman, but we have, you know, JVR and TK on the wings, and they did a good job in the neutral zone tonight. I thought the third line got better as the game went on, and, yeah, you absolutely have to credit the coach somewhat, but I think it's just everyone playing with more confidence, and it starts with the guy between the pipes. I think there's a lot that goes into it, but if uh, – come on. How many times do we say this team just lets things snowball because they know how out of hand it's going to get because they just can't buy a save? Well. They've been saving all that money, and now they can purchase several saves. 
Bill, how much credit does Fletcher? Yeah, uh, is it all? Uh, and to answer your question, I just kind of got into it. I wouldn't say it's all heart, but I do think a lot of the confidence stems from heart. But absolutely, uh, Gordon deserves at least some credit for steadying the ship and getting some of these guys who are having bad seasons to turn around. Like you've heard me come in here and say a million times, listen, I don't think Nolan Patrick is a bust, but he's giving them nothing right now and he sucks. Well, he is no longer giving them nothing and he doesn't suck. Um, he is turning it around. So things like that, yeah. I, I don't know who else to credit other than other than the coach. So is Hart good? Asking for a friend. I'd say he definitely has some potential. Yes, 100%. Uh, woo! Coming back from all-star break and still hot. Yeah, it was kind of one of those – I thought it could go either way. Like, all right, they had their nice little, little stretch of games going into their bye week in the all-star break, and they're going to get back to being the Flyers. But – Hey, it's not always the worst thing in the world to have some time off, I guess. What's the word on Ghost? Tom, great question. That was a weird turn of events when all of a sudden the beats are uh, the beats are tweeting that Ghost isn't on the ice in warm-ups or left during warm-ups. And Christian Follin's a late add to the lineup. Of course, you know, Chuck Fletcher's talking today, and there's a lot of, you know, rumor and innuendo, as they say. FDM uh, out there that is, moves are moves are coming. We know that something's going to happen. Uh, even with this stretch of of strong play, you just have to believe something's coming. Ghost is a guy with a decent contract. He's having a down year. He's just one of those guys you could see getting moved. He just is. I don't want Ghost traded. I don't think right away it's the worst idea in the world. Um, I'd have to see the deal. There's a really high potential to lose such a trade, but um, I can't sit here and say I believe the core needs a shakeup when, uh, and then say, oh yeah, this this shake this shakeup of the core is automatically bad. I wouldn't say that, but I will say like I don't want to see ghost traded and false alarm though. It looks like he really is just suffering from that. Uh, I guess they called it a lower body injury. Bill, how do you rate Misha's play tonight? Fourth line with a goal? Yeah, and that's more of that depth we were talking about. Um, I, I thought he was decent. Uh, let's. What did he end up playing tonight? Yeah, 736 for the fourth line, so he's going to have to get used to playing a reduced role, uh, and that's fine. Yeah, um, uh, he's a nice depth player, and I think he can get comfortable in that role. Uh, Veroni is another guy. Uh, listen, I don't need Phil Veroni on this team. I don't think he's a necessary component by any means. Uh, I think there's a bunch of guys who could fill that role, but I like the way he plays out there, man. You definitely know what you're getting out of Phil Veroni. Um, so, but yeah, back to Misha, uh, Vorobiev. Uh, I think he'll grow into it. I think he had a good active stick tonight. I definitely think you could, um, he made some noticeable plays and his first game back, seven and a half minutes. That's really all you can ask for. I don't think he looked out of his depth or anything. I didn't expect him to. Um, I think he can grow into the role, and this is a good role for him, and I want to just see him build on it. I want to see him be better tomorrow than he was tonight and just kind of become one of those good, solid depth players. If the Browns can find a quarterback, the Flyers can find a goalie. Trevor, that might be the comment of the night. I rarely like comments, but I'm going to give that the old thumbs up here. There we go. I liked it. I don't really know how to use Facebook. The guys in front of him are playing better, too. Talking about the guys playing in front of Hart. Yeah, I believe the confidence all stems from, like we, like I said, for so long, for a couple of years, it was like, yeah, we gave up one week one, and all of a sudden we were down 
and everyone just kind of lost confidence immediately, uh, there is definitely an element of this team really likes playing in front of this guy because he gives them a chance. How many times, and it's anecdotal, but how many times do we say, why aren't they protecting the goalie? Like, I swear to God, Steve Mason, Steve Mason was the most contacted goalie in freaking hockey history. Uh, and just it didn't seem like there was ever a response. And this team, you know, for years just didn't seem, for the last couple of years at least, didn't seem to protect the front of their net, especially after the whistle. Um, that was not the case tonight, and I think they just kind of like playing in front of this guy better. JVR with seven goals in the last six. Yeah, I'm really happy we can end that. The signing was bad, you know, rhetoric. Hey, Bill from Fletcher's Presser. It sounds like we'll see Myers sooner rather than later. Yeah, there was some speculation that, um, you know, with uh, with Ghost's injury, if he's out tomorrow, which if it was enough to hold him out tonight, you would assume uh, maybe he can't go in a back-to-back. Um, we could see Myers debut in Madison Square Garden tomorrow, so that would be cool. Uh, I think there's there's definitely it, – it's just good to get these guys up here and look at them. And the way he put it, he's earned the right to play some games. Uh, when when he when Fletcher first took over, he talked about uh, giving Veroni a shot because he'd earned it. He just straight up was having – it was the AHL MVP last year, was having a good year in the AHL. And if you're going to call someone up, why not a guy like him who had, you know, was playing his ass off down there. So give him some NHL time. Um, I, I like that with, uh, with Phil Myers. I hope to see him up here. He's just another one. It's just another one of those things that gives this second half of the season a fresh feeling that we actually believe we're going to finally get a chance to see this guy we've been hearing about for years now. Uh, for years now, and he hasn't got a chance in the NHL, and maybe he, he wasn't ready. You know, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying it's finally something new. It's not finally something refreshing. It's finally one of these guys paying off. We're finally going to get to cash in some of these chips that uh, Hextall left us. Hey, Bill, Stolier, Elliot, when ready. Uh, Stolier win tomorrow against the Rags. Yeah, uh, Stoli's supposed to go tomorrow. Uh, I don't know, man. Elliot, I, 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 I appreciate what Brian Elliot is. He's a battler. He's a veteran. Um, you know, tested guy. But I just don't. Maybe for like the last month or something. But I just don't see a reason. I, I don't see a reason for him to come back. I, if I was him, I wouldn't. Like, you're a 33-year-old goalie with core muscle issues. You probably just need some time off. Uh, he came back too early last year, and I, I just think there's no way he should play for his own sake or the team's sake, really. Hey, Bill, will Fletch send Laterra down so we see more youth? What forward would you call up? Uh the next forward I'd like to see up is, is all Bay Bell. I don't think he did anything to earn a demotion uh, the first time around. And he's just another guy that I want to see how he fits. I want to see how he does in a fourth line role, because maybe that's who he is moving forward and getting anything out of draft picks after the first round is big. If you just get a contributor in any way after the first round, that's huge. And get him in here. If he's just a fourth liner, but he's a good one, that's a win. Boom. That's one more thing we don't have to worry about. I want to see him in that role. I want to see him playing with Vorobiev. Um, but maybe we, 
I don't know if Laterra gets sent down. He's just kind of a guy who's I, – I, I assume he's going to sit. Like, he's probably going to be in the press box and step in in, an, like, emergency situations like Folan did tonight is my guess. Um, but maybe after the trade deadline or leading up to it when we move some of the pending unrestricted free agents like Wayne Simmons and Michael Roffel and those guys, uh, maybe uh, we see an all-bay Bell or something is my guess. Trying to think of pieces that the Kings would actually accept for Dowdy in addition to picks that I would also be willing to part with. It's tough because I think it would cost a lot, but who knows? Yeah, I'm thinking it would be like um, – to me, the framework for a Dowdy trade is – and I, I don't think the Kings are going to trade Dowdy, so this is purely hypothetical. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I believe the framework would be a lot like um, the Pronger trade, where it would be – a good roster player like Lupel was and a recent first round pick like Spiza was, and then more picks. Uh, that would be my guess, but I don't, I don't think they're going to trade Dowdy. Anything's possible, but. Hey Bill, what do you think happens with, with Simmer? How much can Fletch get for him? What would you want in return? Um, I don't want return. I don't want like a ton of futures for Simmer. If it's like a player and a pick. Okay. Uh, I think they have to trade him. If he's not getting the offers he wants, and I really like Simmons in the role he's in, that's why. If he's not getting the offers he wants in July, say it's July 2nd, July 3rd, and Simmons doesn't have that six- or seven-year offer, he doesn't have a JVR-esque offer, um, you go to him and say, hey, me personally, I'm not afraid of term with Simmons if the cap hit is low because I think if he's an overpaid fourth liner, you could do worse late in his career. I'm not afraid of giving him term if the cap hit is like what it is right now. Like if they gave him five, six years and four million, um, I think that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But that said, I think they absolutely have to trade him. So you, you, this is what you do. You've taken yourself. You're not making the playoffs. And if you do, you're not winning around. It's really stupid to, to even think like I, this is just what you do with guys like Wayne Simmons. You get assets for them. Um, and again, I don't want a bunch of future picks. I want close to NHL ready youngsters who can contribute for me as soon as we trade for them, um, even if it's in a lower role, and then go from there. You know, I, like the um, people talk about Andreas John, um, the dude in Toronto. Uh, Kapanen or Johnson, like those are the guys I'd be, I'd be like interested in. Veroni was really good tonight. Yeah, I have no problem with Veroni right now. I'd rather someone else be in that spot, but the dude's playing hard, and you can't say, um, you know, he hasn't earned it with his service time in the AHL. I'd like, I'd rather. I'll be Q Bell or any number of Phantoms just getting some time. But, um, you know, he's playing his ass off out there. 12 points out of a wild card. Is it possible? I, I, I just think it would take a real collapse from several teams in front of them. And I just – I love Carter Hart, and I think his potential is unlimited. He's going to hit a wall at some point, right? Like, it is, he, 20-year-olds don't do this. What, what he's doing right now isn't isn't like a normal thing. And I get that he is, as I call him, the most accomplished goaltending prospect of his age in quite some time. But, like, it, it can't be this good for the rest of the year, can it? 
And if it is, my God, that would be incredible. But I, I don't expect everyone to be playing it this well. For like Andrew McDonald had a really good game tonight, and that's I'm not going to say that again for the rest of the season, you know. Um, but that said, they beat a good team tonight. Winnipeg shorthanded, but they're a good team nonetheless, even without a couple of their uh, guys like Bufflin. That goalie call-up was the heart surgery this team needed. Well, well done, John. Well done. Gudis really loves Carter. Yeah, that's, you know, I love Gudis wrestling a dude to the ground who takes an extra shot or two on the goalie. That's what you should do. And I love that the goalies, I love that the refs let those guys play. Forward got a couple shots in. Gudis gave him the what for. They go back and forth, wrestle around. No harm, no foul. Line it up and play. We scored two goals shooting high-low tonight. They have guys who can shoot. Now, granted, like one of them is freaking <laughs> Andrew McDonald, and that don't only happens so often. But, like, it's not – when you have the net front guys they do, it's not the worst strategy in the world. I just wish sometimes, like, the, the guy didn't blast away. <laughs> Take a step. Wait a second. Maybe make a pass. But I, you, you can score that way. It's just – Probably not going to happen all that often. Radko values skyrocketing after the Muzzin trade. Yeah, I thought Radko was a really uh, was a. I thought Toronto was a really good landing spot for Gudis and. Um, uh, maybe they still need a righty, but they have like nine defensemen on their active roster. So we'll see. Um, I'm not in a huge rush, rush to trade Radko Gudis. It would very much depend on return because uh, you do need some veterans. And he's he's had a very steadying presence on the blue line this year. Now, of course, you can go, oh, yeah, and a lot of good it's done. And that would be like a fair point because they've been bad most of this year. But I, I just think you need a guy like Radko around. I, I like what Radko brings. And But again, if you can get you know above what you believe his value to be, obviously you trade him, uh, and he might have a little extra value because he doesn't have a huge cap hit and he's signed through next year. So uh, I think that I, – I mean, Fletcher said today, basically only Claude Giroux is untouchable. And that's kind of how I feel. Now I'm sure – Carter Hart is untouchable unless, like, I don't know, we're getting Connor McDavid. Uh, but Sean Couturier maybe, like, pretty close to untouchable. But other than certain, like, uh, you know, it's not like Radko Gudis is some, oh, we can't possibly go on without him. Um, I just, I like what he brings, and I think he's a necessary component for right now. Uh, but, you know, someone's willing to give you the shirt off their back for him, I'll say it. Did you hear my woos? Section 210. I didn't, Wyatt, but I'm sure the people around you really appreciated it. I'm joking. I like the woos. I think the woos are great. Uh, maybe part of that is that they annoy people, and I love annoying people. If you guys couldn't tell by listening to me here and on the shows. Can we talk about how one of the linesmen literally sat on Gudis's face during that scrum in the third? Uh, crazy stuff happens at the bottom of a pile, man, whether it's football or hockey or whatever. Stuff happens. With Hart and Stolars, I don't think Elliot will be back. 
That's a good I, I want to say I don't think Stolarz really factors in too much, but he is a he's a pending restricted free agent, right? Let's get into Stolarz a little bit. Because that was another thing that came up in I guess Fletcher's uh press conference today. Is they expect Sandstrom over next year um to join the organization in North America. You would assume with the and they want um, what's his name, the Belarusian, Ustamenko to uh, to join as well and come over. And I guess you could put one of them in the ECHL. But uh, where are we here? Flyers, cap friendly. Uh, yeah, we you, yeah, he's the Stolarz is a pending RFA. You know, obviously Elliot and Neuvert are gone, but Hart is pretty much a lock at this point, and. What's his name? Uh, Alex Lyon is signed through next year, and Felix Stan- Sandstrom already has the uh, the ELC, so he'll be around. Um, so if Ustamenko's coming over, that's four goalies. Um, so they kind of got to figure out what they want to do with Stolarz, whether it's just walk away from him, whether it's try to get something for him. You know, they, they got to figure out what he is. So I expect him to get some time, and I guess it really doesn't make any sense to uh, – to play Elliot when he doesn't factor into the future at all. Hey, Ava. Package Simmons with a little extra to get Tolvainen, if that's even possible. What's he been up to? I feel like he's not having the best year down there. Uh, Let's give old Hockey DB a look. Man, he was like the hottest thing in the I, that draft party we did at Smith's. Um, eh, seven goals, fifteen points, twenty nine games. He uh, four games with the Preds. He had a goal and an assist. Uh, it's not like he's tearing it up down there, but that's you know that's. Remember when Hack would bench Konecki in the third period of one-goal games and then the Flyers would lose said game in OT slash shootout? Leave good players on the ice and good things happen. Game-clenching assists. Yeah, and that that's a, that's a great point in that while you – like the conventional wisdom is like, oh, I need Michael Roffel on the ice in that situation, and I believe Michael Roffel has some value. Uh, I – Good players make good plays, and empowering guys like Konechny, who, like I said uh, earlier in the show, made a just stupid-ass play that probably would have got him benched by Dave Haxtell. And maybe at this point in the season and their place in the standings, you just got to let guys play through that stuff. But uh, you see the positives outweigh the negatives with Konechny if you, if you give him the positive reinforcement and you let him keep going out there and trying to make plays he often does. He gets the nice deflection goal. He gets the uh, he gets that give and go play with with JVR to clinch the game. Uh, what what else can you ask for there? And what uh, what did I want to say? Yeah, how often is it Claude Giroux doesn't record a point and the team wins? Like that's that's a big deal when they can win without Giroux scoring because for like the last four years, if he doesn't score, they don't win. Phil Veroni, fourth line looked good. Verobiev better than Weiss. I'm not here to dance on Dale Weiss's grave. He actually had a decent year, but like, see ya, buddy. You know, you can't throw away the first two years of a four-year contract and stick around. And 
like what's the there was uh, again so many of my post games and so many BSH radios. I asked the question, "What is the point of X?" And at a certain point, you you go, you go "What is the point of Dale Weiss?" And at least the organization came to the conclusion, "Oh, there really isn't one," and he's gone. And that is a very positive step. And it's one of those little things that just you wondered about the previous regime. And I I really appreciate what Hextall did. I I really do because he set the table for Fletcher and the team to move forward. Um, but there are just so many things like Dale Weiss and Yuri Leterra where you're going, what, what, what are we doing here, boys? What, what are we doing? So you're saying this team is front frustrating. I am. That is exactly. McDonald got the helmet. Uh, he had a good – I will – like, listen, I, I will always – criticize Andrew McDonald. That is my go-to. It's, it's all of ours. Andrew McDonald is our scapegoat for everything. He played 20 minutes tonight, and he was pretty good. That's, he played a well above Andrew McDonald level game. Um, I don't expect another one. Uh, I, I don't want him around, but yeah, he was good tonight. Um, I think he should be the coach, personally, but you know. Youngest goalie to win four straight games since Lettinen in 04. That's a fun stat. Toronto is out of the running for Radko now. Yeah, they still have some cap space. I, they just don't have, like, roster space. I, it was just, to me, it looked like a logical landing point until the Muzzin trade. I don't want to trade Gudis either, but I think his unnecessarily high value is too good to pass up. Yeah, if the right deal is out there, I'm taking the right deal for anybody. Because like I said, as much as I think this team's starting to come together, there is clearly some sort of issue with the slow starts and the court. Like, there needs to be some sort of shakeup, even if you can attribute a lot to just goaltending injuries coaching to start this year. I've seen a lot of this team over the last few years to know it's more than that. While I do believe those things weigh heavily, there's something else too. So, Goalie makes all the difference. I very much believe that. Yes, I mean, it is not – as much as I want to say there's other stuff to it, like it's not a coincidence this team is playing like a team when they get saves. And it's something we pointed out before Carter Hart came up on BSH Radio. Like, on the, on, the, on the off chance, one of the other goalies had a good night. As bad as they could look in certain aspects of the game, they would win. Gordon said Ghost has a lower body bruise, nothing serious. Could return on Saturday, almost certainly. Oh, could return on Thursday, almost certainly by Saturday. All right, so... Maybe they stick with Folan one more game if, if uh, Ghost is definitely going to be back by the weekend at the latest. Um, I would love to see Myers just get, a, get his debut, though. I thought Fletch wanted a vet goalie. I mean, I think if everything worked out perfectly, that's what he would want. But they have other kind of issues right now. Uh, they got to, like I said, figure out about what they're going to do with Anthony Stolarz. And the best way to do that is let him dictate it. Just, hey, if you play well, if you play poorly, that's going to make our minds for us. So, uh, I, I, yeah, in a perfect world, you want a, a 1A, 1B, heart, and a vet. But this is far from a perfect situation this team is in. 
Stolarz has a pulse that makes him automatically more desirable than Elliott. Uh, again, I, I think Brian Elliott is a serviceable enough goaltender, and if he was fully healthy, I would love him in a tandem with Carter Hart, but he just isn't. We showed some grit in front of our goalie tonight. That was a no-no with Hack running the show. Hack equals no grit. Yeah, for a guy who... Uh, he he walked this line where he said he loved that snot and balls, you know, snot and balls. That's what he loved. But he also, you know, talked about the wasted emotion and how he didn't want his team to get too high or too low. And I think that really led to some, uh, like, low emotion games. I think Provy is having a subpar year, but you think he's tradable too? I mean... No, he's very much tradable, but I'm not trading him unless, again, Connor McDavid is coming back or something like that, you know? Like, I just, even if, you need Ivan Provorov to be great for you. That's a ve that's very much a necessary component of this team's future. Um, if he's not really good for you, you have some you have some holes that need addressing, and they're really hard to find, as we found out in the post-pronger era, uh, when you lose your number one defenseman and are looking for a number one defenseman, you tend to do some dumb shit like um, trade JVR for Luke Shen. Bill, my hot take is Flyers don't lose another game this season, but seriously, it's nice uh, to be able to enjoy watching Flyers hockey again. Bonus, Schittsburg lost to New Jersey tonight. It's always nice when the Penguins lose. Um, that's We're in a nice – it's – while I wish the team was just what I thought they were from the start of the year and they were challenging for the Metro and I thought they had a decent chance at winning a round or two and, you know, oh, man, Carter Hart's here. Like, I, that could be the reinforcement we need, like a Matt Murray-style call-up to finish this thing off. All that would be great. Um, it's just not the case now. Uh, and I guess we're finally – now we're just – we can accept whatever outcome. If they just totally go into the shitter and lose – all right, well, we're getting, a, we're getting a good draft pick. If the young guys all step up and look like they're ready to really take that step they were supposed to take this year, well, then we have a good base going forward. So at this point, it's just kind of uh, wait and see. It's, it's, I'm, I've, I've accepted all potential outcomes now. I don't believe Provorov is on the block at all. That's not – no, they're not calling teams asking, hey, what will you give us for Ivan Provorov? Uh, because the answer to that question is, like, it's probably a non-starter for both teams. Hart tomorrow? I think they said during the broadcast it's going to be Stolarz. I don't think they're going to start Hart back-to-backs. I don't think it's necessary. Like I said, you, you got to find out some things about uh, about Stoli, too. We're back. It didn't – did we disconnect? Doesn't look like it. Yeah, Tomek does not – I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tomek is not a thing. Um – if we make trades, we need a vet D with term, so Gudis is more valuable to us in this instance. Yes and no, because at what point, like, at what point is Provorov a veteran? At what point is Gostas Bear? Like, these guys are now vets. Like, they've been here long enough. 
Gossip Bear's been here since 2015. Like, he's a veteran. Hack would have benched JVR after his goal because most of the make most of the making a back pass when you have nothing but the goal in front of you is normally a bad idea. Ah, it, I lo- it created room. That's what a guy like him, it's all about time and space. That's what hockey's about, creating yourself time and space. That was one of the more heady plays I've seen JVR make uh, beginning to end, honestly. It's funny you said that. I thought, oh, this is a while ago. Yeah, I thought G didn't have a great game, and they still won. That was tons of the problem early in the season. Yeah, that's. I, I didn't think G played poorly. Uh, I just think other guys played well. That's, um, you know, it's, uh, he had a couple of misfires with the puck, I would say. I wouldn't say, yeah, it wasn't a great game. That's, that's, that's well put, David. Uh, he, he didn't have a great game, and they still won. I would definitely uh, target Tolvainen in a trade with the Preds. He isn't lighting it up this year, but he's only 19. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely want to give the kid a shot. I think he's got – I mean, look at look at what he did, um, you know, overseas. He, he freaking phenom. Uh, we, like I was started to say and lost my train of thought earlier, like at that, um, at that draft party we did at, at Smith's when the Flyers make the Shen trade – the whole bar is chanting that guy's name. And, and when they didn't draft him, people booed. Uh, it, hey, Morgan Frost looks like a hell of a player, but that's not whose name everyone was chanting. So do you see a 10-game tear here? Uh, anything's possible with this fucking team. Hextall gets a lot of credit for this team. He certainly does. He set the table very well. Uh, to me, Hextall... Um, has a couple of Hextall has a couple of blemishes. There are two major blemishes: his persistence that Dave Hextall was the coach, and his failure to address the goaltending situation. Now you can say he was leaving the spot open for Carter Hart, and that is valid. Except, you know, he was never making the team out of camp. Like that just wasn't happening. Was not happening. His first year pro, he wasn't making the team out of camp. And therefore, you're, you're telling the media, you're telling the fans, you go out and sign JVR, you're doing everything to say, we're taking a step forward this year. Well, come on, man. You know goaltending is a huge flaw with this team, and you did nothing to address it. So, but yeah, to set the table for future success, and that was his whole plan, I very much credit Ron Hextall for it. <laughs> How do you feel about prying Petrangelo from the Blues? Would be the vet presence the D needs and is still bona fide number one in this league. I would send Simmons a sweetener for Petrangelo. I would absolutely freaking love Alex Petrangelo. I don't know how much. Oh, the Blues have been making a climb lately, though. What are they up to in their last however many? They've definitely been better than the freaking shitstorm they were in the beginning of the season. Um, but like, why would they trade Petrangelo for a pending unrestricted free agent? Uh, 49 points, but they're six, three and one in their last 10. So they're what? Three points out of a wild card, uh, out of either wild card spot with, uh, a game in hand on Colorado. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're in it. I just don't know if 
they think they're in it, why they would move Petrangelo for Simmons. But there's probably maybe something there. I would love Petrangelo. I just don't know if um, what we have and they have line up for that. What would you give up to get a signed Panarin or Stone? I mean, I'm a Mark Stone is is number two on my on my wish list. A, a Panarin would be, and it's not like I'm. It's it's just a matter of preference. I freaking love Panarin too, and if they got him, I would be elated because they need more dynamic forwards. Either way, I just have this vision of a Giroux Couturier Stone line that shuts down other first lines and puts up huge numbers. Like, I just... You could do so much with that freaking trio. Oh, my God. It, it just... Excites me. Winnipeg-related question. Thoughts on line A? Is he overrated? The guy is a below-average skater and can be lackadaisical away from the puck. Goals are good. Um, he's, he's having a down year, and he's on pace for 40-something. Uh, goals are good. You could say a lot of things. Remember the criticism about Alex Ovechkin early on. Um, you maybe have to put some other pieces around him and, and manage him in certain ways, but the kid's young, and man, can he put the puck in the net. And that's that's a real good skill to have. What's up with ghosts? Just a lower body. They said contusion or bruise or whatever the hell the, the terminology was, and he should be back by the weekend. From a timing perspective, thoughts on trading this year's one, uh, number one, this year's number one plus for a proven young prospect. A uh, young pro, like a, a proven prospect is kind of a, it's kind of one of those, um, God damn, I can't think of the word now, but I mean, a, a young guy, like, it's, uh, I need a name. I, I, I can't just do the hypothetical. Uh, I, I think you definitely – I think everything's in play. I think the number one pick is in play. Uh, I think a lot of things are in play. I just need the I, – I, you know. This season is not for a playoff push. It is to build confidence and solidify the team so that next year they start the season the right way. I very much agree, Mark. I very much agree. Do you think the Jets' Facebook Live post-game is dropping Amax jokes to cope with his effect on their team? Uh, Nashville, Amax is in their heads. Do the Jets does, – does the, I don't know. Do the Jets have a Facebook Live post-game? Show some Team Neuvert highlights from the 2016 Cap Series and trick them into trading for him. Uh, remember when? Remember when Neuvert was the opening night starter? Mm. This coffee got cold fast, and by fast, I mean in forty-seven minutes. Provy's played better lately. Yeah, no, I'm. Listen, Provy's had a shit year. Um, he he had a freaking amazing game tonight. I was really happy with the way he played tonight, uh, especially with the puck on his stick, which has been a real issue for him. Um. I uh, I think he's gonna. He's just another one of those guys who's having. These are what the growing pains are. Remember those years when we were like, we'd rather lose with the youngsters and let them go through it 
than win or like try to win and be mediocre with with the vets that you know aren't going to be here when this team is what it's supposed to be. That's what Provorov's year is this year, and it's a big part of why they are where they are in the standings because their number one defenseman is um, you know having having a bad year. Uh, that said, he could easily turn it around, have a good you know second half, whatever's left, um, and be the guy we want him to be. And I don't think it affects I. I this is another thing I credit. I credit Hackstall with it too, because he was here and was doing it, and Gordon is continuing it. Despite Provorov having a bad year, you kept pumping him with the ice time. You kept saying, you're the guy. You're who's going to get these minutes. And, and I think that kind of filling a player with that kind of confidence and letting him know, we still think you are who you're supposed to be, even if you're not feeling it right now. We know who you really are, and we're just going to wait it out with you. Uh, I think that's huge rather than just being like, oh, yeah, Justin Williams, get him out of here. Let's scroll down where, uh, hey, Bill, no mention of Sanheim yet. Did you like his play tonight? I thought Sanheim was fine. I like that they're mixing around the pairs. Uh, let's see how many minutes did he get? 21-33, so second most. He was out there with Provorov quite a bit. Um yeah, more minutes than AMAC. That's big. I like that. Uh, and AMAC had more uh, special teams time. So there you go. Uh, yeah, you know, Sanheim was good. Um, I didn't think he was the most noticeable guy out there, but he definitely didn't do anything to hurt the team. I just thought there were other guys who probably deserved highlighting over him. Happy Flyers fan in Wyoming. Happy to have you here, Frank. Uh, were you expecting Chuck to trade Lehrn Wheel, or did you see something completely different? Uh, you, you never know what, what a guy's thinking. It's clearing out some clearing out some roster space. If you if you have guys like like I said with Dale Weiss, if you have guys taking up spots who don't factor into any of your plans, get rid of them. Use that time. Use those reps for. For, for guys who you do believe factor into those plans. And, and here we go with that, you know. Um, no, did I expect those to be the moves Fletcher made? No, I expected him to come in and do crazy shit because when you fire Ron Hextall because he was unyielding and too patient, um, I expect to go right back to Flyera and do, do Flyer stuff. But to his credit, he hasn't. And he's, he's, he's working through it. I expect more to just happen because deadlines, you know, deadlines, deadlines create action. It's, it's what makes things happen. And as the deadline approaches, you know, we saw today with the Muzzin trade, uh, I, I think there's going to be more, but uh, no, that is not what I expected him to do first. Hart should have started right out of training camp. I don't know. Maybe yes, maybe maybe no. Um, I didn't think a bad start to the season would, like, kill his confidence in any way just because uh, I've read a lot about him. I've heard him talk. He just seems like a very confident dude, a very poised dude, a very mature guy who is, you know, beyond his years, as they say. Uh, so I didn't think – I thought he would know the deal – if he came in and got lit up uh, in the first couple weeks of the season or whatever. And if you look at his start in the AHL, he wasn't very good. So I, I can see it both ways. Um, we're here now, and it seems to it seems to be working. Oxymoron was the word I was looking for. Thank you, Tanner. 
Did line A play tonight? Yeah, and Hart had some big saves on him. Do the Flyers need a second-line center? I, uh, In the offseason, I would think about it with a guy like Matt Duchesne available, something like that. But Giroux looks like he's, at least for now, sticking at center. Um, I don't love it. It's not what I would do. But I kind of like – I don't – uh, the combinations right now I don't think are perfect just because I want Couturier out against first lines and I don't love Jake out against first lines and Limblom. I don't know what his, uh, I don't know what he's supposed to be, but I, I don't think it's a first line player. Um, Giroux at center isn't my favorite thing, but I love the idea of him uh, JVR and Konechny as a second line. So I'm very torn. I'm very interested to see how, uh, how Fletcher views this team and how Fletcher views things moving forward. Uh, and with Frost, maybe he doesn't start out at center, but you view him as a center moving forward. You already have Lawton who could play wing and center. They have Vorobiev up right now who can play center. Uh, of course, like I, you know, Nolan Patrick, you don't really know what he is, but you have to believe he's going to be something because he was a number two overall pick. And I just don't believe him to be a bust. I really, really don't. Uh, he's been showing some signs of life. He needs to get off to better starts to the season. He can't disappear for weeks or a month at a time like he has. But I, I, I'm very torn on the idea of going out and getting a um, another center because I – like. Yeah, they really, really needed one. And with, with guys like JVR, you need competent center depth, um, you know, to, to get the most out of them, especially at 5-on-5. But uh, I don't want to get locked in long-term to a, to a guy when there could be other solutions in the organization. However, man, it would be really nice if they started winning playoff series and a dude like, uh, you know, a Duchesne would – look real nice here and if he is serious about wanting to make the playoffs every year not worried about being the guy not worrying about being the highest paid but he wants to win cups well come in and slot in as a 2c behind Sean Couturier and uh, you give you give your team a hell of a chance to do that all right guys closing in on uh closing in on 55 minutes here Elliot has almost zero trade value. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to trade for for Brian Elliot. If I was Elliot, I would um, <laughs> I would sit out the rest of the year just hoping to get myself healthy and get a, at least maybe a tryout in training camps next year. Uh, get a contract in the summer. Get something. I'd be very much more concerned about my future than I am this season if I was Brian Elliot. And yeah, I, I just don't think he has any value. Could we package Elliott and Noivy and sell them as one player combined? Yeah, you can absolutely sell them on the Flyers goalie tandem from the last two years. It's really gotten the Flyers places. I know you're joking, Matt. I'm just, you know, making jokes as well. All right, guys. We're, uh, yeah, we're at like 56 minutes here. I am going to call it a night. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you for listening. Uh, I, I love doing these post games. Uh, we're back. Yay, we made it through the bye week and the all-star break. I will be back tomorrow for the Rangers game. I'll be back on Thursday, I believe. I should be here on Thursday. Uh, I'll double-check, let you know tomorrow. But, yeah, uh, so that that's it. Make sure to subscribe to the Broad Street Hockey Podcast feed. Anywhere where there are podcasts, just search Broad Street Hockey. 
click that subscribe button, give us those good reviews, give us those five stars, say complimentary words about us. We would very much appreciate it. Um, hey, on Saturday at Xfinity, the Flyers have a game Saturday. Following that at Xfinity at Bully's Pub, we're doing, there's going to be a big Flyers podcast summit. Uh, it's it's put, being put on by the uh, by Jason Martinez's Stick to Hockey Pod, and pretty much all the Flyers podcasters in the city are going to be there. It's going to be like a big roundtable thing, I think, debate, whatever, uh, and it's just going to be a good time. It's going to be you know me and the uh, the rest of the the rest of the crew, Kelly and and Steph and Charlie, will be there, plus a bunch of other shows that I'm sure you listen to and enjoy. So come out and uh, check that out. It's going to be live, I think, four thirty to six. After the Flyers game on Saturday, so come on out to that. Um, that's it. I got nothing else to plug. Thank you for listening. Have a great week, everybody.